I'm R.J. Bell with the sports betting headlines for Tuesday. Minnesota wins. Minnesota covers. Bears have a bad offense. All that's obvious. What's not? Minnesota in the last month has played the best of any team in the NFL. We'll explain. Drew Brees hurt out for multiple weeks. A lot of questions about his arm strength. Well, Vegas is answering that. Saints downgraded by over four points without Drew Brees. James Harden talk maybe going to the Nets. How good would that team be? Would they be the favorites? I think it says even more about the problems that LeBron James started. Here comes a full hour of the Vegas truth covering all that and more. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. This is straight out of Vegas. With the voice of Vegas, your host, R.J. Bell. The pregame show America has always wanted. I doubt the future. From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell. You heard it. I'm R.J. live on a Tuesday, live in Las Vegas, live on 225 FSR stations across this great, great nation. Tuesday means Fez is napping, so we won't have to mess around with his tomfoolery. Maybe we should start calling it Fez foolery. Huh? Sports bettors listen for the money. Sports fans to know more than their buddies. Now, I'm a pro. He's not. He's the Joe in Los Angeles, Jonas Knox. Always good to be here, RJ. And yes, on a day in which we've got a lot of major moves being made in the National Basketball Association. We've got storylines developing around the NFL involving quarterbacks. But what is the Vegas lead here on this Tuesday? On Tuesday, we do Monday Night Football. And again, Minnesota, not only a winner, a cover, but if you look at the math in the last month, the best team in the NFL, amazingly. That's right, and it was last night in Chicago. It wasn't pretty, but the Vikings get it done 19-13, to the final over the Chicago Bears. Okay, we like to start where the other shows leave off, so let's go through the obvious stuff first. Chicago's offense is horrible. It might be the worst offense in the NFL. The thing that I thought was a real eye-popper was recently when Chicago played Tennessee. And entering that game, Tennessee had the worst third-down conversion defense ever. Not this year, not this century, ever. The worst. And Chicago in that game converted two out of 15 third downs. So when you're struggling against the worst ever, yeah, you're pretty bad. That's so obvious, but... I don't think it's as obvious that this may be a historically bad offense, that this is an offense that at least statistically the Bears was better with Trubisky. So, Jonas, let's start there. As a fan, do you look at the Bears as a bad offense or an all-time bad offense? Well, as somebody who grew up uh, watching the Chicago Bears, I've seen 30 years, over 30 years of Bears football. This is the worst offense they've ever had. 
it's not even I don't I don't even think it's it's a, there's a close uh, comparison to it. Their offensive line is atrocious. Uh, they're dealing with injuries. They had some some COVID stuff, but they you know draft use a second round pick on a tight end. They don't get him the football. They've got wide receivers that are running open and they can't you know complete a deep pass. The quarterback situation is a disaster, and this is all even more glaring because Matt Nagy was brought in because he was a quote unquote offensive special. Specialist, and yet it's the defense that's been really good, but that's been the story of Chicago Bear football. They can always figure it out on defense, and for whatever reason, they can't on offense. OC uh, Bill Lazar. Is that how you pronounce his name? Uh, laser. Laser. Yeah, laser yeah. Boy, he didn't seem laser focused. <laughs> La- wow. I tell you, I don't think that's how you pronounce it. I think that's how he wants us to pronounce it. Well, because- is it isn't Bob Lazar? That's the UFO guy, correct? Oh, think- see, I'm not yeah. sure. But just because my last name's Bell doesn't mean that Art <laughs> Bell and I are hanging out necessarily. But let's we'll call him Laser out of respect. Is <laughs> but Laser spelled not with an O. Right? Yeah, I, I think it's spelled with an E. Exactly. Yeah. Uh-huh. Huh. Okay. I'm skeptical. But I'm also skeptical of the offense. I mean, it feels like, as they say, rearranging deck chairs on the Titanic. I mean, they're making changes. you got to wonder, did Nagy make that decision not to call the plays? Because it feels like if you are hired as an offensive specialist – And the answer is for him to disinvolve himself, to be less involved with the offense. Does that bode very well for your future? No, I actually think that if you just look at what happened in the offseason, he fired a bunch of assistant coaches. Uh, he brought in guys that he really trusted. Um, he's now oh, made so, it- so before that, he had guys he didn't trust? Well, he had these guys, that, and, and the thought was, well, he figures that these are going to be better fits for him moving forward. And so he brings in these other coaches, so he makes that move already. Then he already makes a quarterback change, and now he's giving up play-calling duties. How much more are you giving up before the organization just says this isn't working yeah maybe you're getting paid too much yeah. right <laughs> uh, that's Jonas Hawks I'm RJ Bell we are straight out of Vegas now is this that both quarterbacks are bad because with Trubisky it hasn't been great it has not been great with Nick Foles right and I'm understatement here horrible and horrible is it that both of them are horrible or is it the offensive line the playmakers are the problem Mon- Montgomery their back was out with a concussion. Now, Patterson had that kick return, which was yeah. uh, the play, right? And otherwise, the Bears had 149 yards of offense. I mean, this is, uh, again, all-time stuff. So, yeah, you could say not having your top back hurts, but they've had him most of the season, Montgomery, and it hasn't made a difference. I mean, is this just an O-line issue? I mean, let's say you put a – um. Uh, I don't want to say Russell Wilson because he's too good. Uh, You put a Deshaun Watson on this team. Are they significantly better? Yeah. But are they even a borderline playoff team at that point? So I guess my question is, we know the quarterbacks aren't great, 
But how much deeper does that go on the offense, the problems? Is it just the quarterbacks, you think, or no. is it beyond that? No, the O-line is, is terrible. And and they had, uh, you know, James Daniels, who's a really good offensive lineman that they drafted out of Iowa. He got hurt this year. He's out for the season. So they've been trying to use this patchwork offensive line, and we've talked about it before. Offensive line play in the NFL is down across the board. There's just not that many great offensive linemen anymore. And so when you're already not – not a very good unit and you're having to go to backups they had a guy playing center last week Alex Bars who was undrafted uh, and and had never played the position before at any level had never played center before but they had no option so there's more to it but the other part of this that doesn't make a lot of sense is if you have a bad offensive line the one thing that you should be able to have is a quarterback who's got mobility, not somebody who stands back there. Mm-hmm. You're saying fo- if, if you're limited on the O-line, yeah. mobility is even more important because you're running for your life. 100%. you got to be able to get outside of the pocket and, and try and scramble and make some plays. Foles can't do it, and that was the one thing that Mitch, that Mitch Trubisky could. So it's just all of this, it's a perfect storm of problems for him, but they are, they are really, really bad. Uh, like I said, I think that's the mm. worst they've ever had. Yeah, so Foles got actually carted off the field late in the game. Um, do we have official word, Jonas, on his status? Matt Nagy, uh, the coach for the Bears, had a press conference earlier today. He said it looks like it's not as bad as they initially thought, that there's no break or anything like that. Um, it may have been just more out of precaution, but it, it looked pretty bad. They're going into their bye week, and so a lot of people thought, well, this would be an opportunity. Trubisky should be healthy after the bye. Maybe he'll get a chance to start. But if Foles is, is healthy enough, it makes you wonder if they're just going to go back to him again. Yeah, Trubisky when I was reading through about him recently, this quote was very Bears, very Bears-esque. Trubisky's out since hurting his throwing shoulder on his first play as a Wildcat quarterback two weeks ago. Yeah, it just, <laughs> His first play. It, it's crazy. It's cra- they, they put him in there for one play, and then you never see him again. And then you find out afterwards, oh, yeah, he suffered an injury. That's why you didn't see him. And so he had to fly out to L.A. to get looked at by a specialist. It ended up not being as bad as they thought it was, but still to miss time and, and to have it happen the way that it did. It's just embarrassing. So wrapping up the Bears and then we'll shift to the Vikings here. What I'll say is this. Nagy somehow, some way, if it was proximity to Andy Reid, if it was knowing how to work the media, and if there's one thing we've – we try to show on Straight Out of Vegas is the media is not objective. We're not talking politics. We're talking what dinners you get invited to, whatever the mechanics of the bias, the bias is there. And then what ends up happening is you'll see one of the beloved, when they do go south, all of a sudden they get turned on like Sam Darnold all at once. And how that happens, the mechanics of that, I don't understand it either. I think eventually the people feel ridiculous in with their biased opinion. <laughs> and that once they see a couple people to start changing, they're like, I better change, baby. I'm going to be last one out the door of the Sam Darnold room. And there is mono around. So, I mean, you want to get out of there. But again, I think we're seeing it with Nagy. Somehow, some way he was considered a young guru. And he really, if I'm not mistaken, he didn't even call plays with Andy Reid. He did the final year. I think he called plays for the final eight games. But one of the, one of the knocks on, on Nagy was that he called plays in the playoff game that Kansas city lost to Marcus Mariota. 
and it was the second half that people were so critical of because in the second half, the Chiefs' offense just sputtered and they didn't make any adjustments. And a lot of people pointed to Matt Nagy for that, and it's only continued on. And this would take a lot of a deeper research. I don't know the, the exact numbers, but the Bears' third quarter offense is almost historically bad since Nagy's been there. For whatever reason, they don't make adjustments. Mm-hmm. They don't, and, and that's got to be a reflection on, on Nagy, who goes in with a certain uh, game plan. Teams start to adjust to that, and he's not able to figure it out and, and well, come up with something different. But the catch-22 is, if I'm not mistaken, when Trubisky was doing better, it was always supposedly on script the first 15 or so plays, right? Yeah. yeah. So, you know, I think sometimes the sample size is, you know, the wind's blowing for three straight days. So we say, oh, there must be something different. No, I don't. And I'm not talking climate change here. I was just saying the random stuff that's happening in the world. We all try to find patterns. That is the human instinct to find patterns but we also have a human instinct of recency bias which means we think that what we're seeing now is so much more important than what we saw yesterday but in truth you need a big sample size to really know what you're seeing we know we got a sample size on the bears though not good on offense historically borderline bad the defense is great but one caution to end the bears talk Hakeem Nix left injured hamstring. We'll see how his status is. Defender D-line, when he was out last year, big drop-off from the Bears. And he'll have the bye week. We'll see. But take a look at uh, Hicks in, in, in historically, Jonas, very important to that defense. Oh, yeah. He's been their best player on defense consistently the past couple of years, even more so than Khalil Mack. And then when he went out last year, they fell apart. And then also, this was something that didn't get a lot of attention, but you've noticed that teams have been able to run on the Bears. Um, they did a good job against Derrick Henry, but a lot of teams have been able to run on the Bears. Eddie Goldman is one of the better run-stopping interior linemen in the NFL, and he opted out for COVID this year. And once that happened, that run game, run defense was just not the same. It was not the same from the start of the season. And if Hicks yeah, is gone, still pretty damn good though. I know. That's I mean, the you thing. add it up. Oh, the D. I mean, if you're ranking the D's across the season, I think you could make the case the Bears have been the best. I mean, it, it, I, and and remember, when you have one unit excelling, the defense for the Bears, the other unit not, it's even harder on the defense to oh, keep yeah. excelling because they're, yeah. they're playing more downs, they're not getting rest. So if you adjust for that, I think it's a reasonable case to be made. And, and maybe you could make another case, but the fact that the Bears are certainly top five on D without the offense giving them any help – and that is complimentary football. Offense helps defense. Defense helps offense. you got to give the Bears coaches and players credit on the D side. you got to wonder, though, does their start when they were winning, when they got lucky with a few late wins, did it kind of mute the discontent from one unit to the other? Because at this point, that feels like it's inevitable oh, that they're yeah. starting to look across the locker room. Hey, I, that's that's what I've been waiting for. When's when's the uh, the explosion going to happen on the sidelines to where somebody's yelling at somebody? Because it, it's got to be a maddening feeling knowing that you're doing everything you possibly can to keep your team in games. And unless you get a kickoff return for a touchdown or you can bring back a, a pick six, you realize you're just not going to score enough to win those games. So it almost feels like it's all for naught. Well, I I mean, I want to bet on Mac if there's a fight. And I mean, I can see the report is uh, 
Mitch Trubisky in a hate crime was beat down in the Bears <laughs> locker room. I mean, we're not hoping for it. We're just saying, would it be that shocking? All right, let's take our first break. When we come back, we're not only going to talk Vikings, but more importantly, more impactfully, the Minnesota Vikings in the last month have played the best football in the NFL. We'll explain the math behind that, the numbers that prove it, but also who else is the best teams in the last month? There's some real surprising good teams and some real surprising quote-unquote bad teams. He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. Coming up here in just a couple of moments, we will get into one of the hottest teams in the NFL, and it might be a surprise. Can you imagine how highly ranked in the last month the Atlanta Falcons are? Yes, very highly ranked. Great day to join us. This is the fastest growing show. You could say highly ranked on Fox Sports Radio. Audiences doubled in the last year. Plus, we thank you so much for the support. And we promise to continue working hard to make this the best football season yet. You can listen on the iHeartRadio app. Just search Straight Out of Vegas or RJ Bell. Right now in Vegas on the strip, 77 degrees. Lucky 77. The neon is pumping. So, RJ, we've been talking about Monday night football between the Vikings and the Bears. Minnesota gets the win. They're third in a row, and they are clearly, as of right now, one of the hottest teams in the NFL over the past few weeks. Yeah, no doubt. And the catch-22 in NFL handicapping, and it's not a challenge in baseball, for example, with 162 games. It's not as much of a challenge in NBA with 80 two games typically what you have is 16 games so imagine a 16 game stretch of baseball you're gonna have times the Mets were the best team you're gonna have time that even the worst team was very good and the best team was not so good you're gonna have it no doubt remember the Yankees this year had a what was that like an eight game losing streak Something like that. Yeah. Now, imagine a team with an eight-game losing streak in the NFL. No one's talking about how good they are, right? Well, you can't really dig to those little pockets of games. That's the one hand. On the other hand, things do fundamentally change. We talked about Atlanta. They changed their coach, Raheem Morris in, and since then, that's been the last month. That's been four games. Now, do we act like the other games didn't happen? No. But do we act like the last four aren't more important? Also, no. I think they are more important. So it's always a balance. You want to look at the whole year because even the whole season isn't enough games, really. The, a data guy wants more, certainly more than 16. But on the other hand, to act like in December – that the games are the same as September, they're not. Injuries, quarterback changes, et cetera. So there is no scientific answer to this. It's not like there's an exact right answer. What you've got to do is it's art, it's not science. That said, the art of this situation, looking at the last month, now consider this. During that last month, Minnesota's done a good bit of winning, but also consider that you know they were at one point – they had lost to Seattle, and then they lost to the Falcons. Then they've won three straight. So you might say, okay, a three-game streak's not so good, 
But then you think about it, and I mean, it's good, but not great. But then you think, man, the Falcons are playing pretty well, right? And congrats, they won that game. But then Minnesota had Seattle pretty much beat in yeah. Seattle. So a lot of ways beyond the record to assess and address these NFL teams. But if you look at expected points added, so not to get all mathematical, but it's a stat that literally they look at on a per play basis. And what we do is remove the garbage time. Anytime that a team has better than 90% chance to win or less than a 10% chance in those extremes, we throw it out because it's comebacks. It's, yeah, it just doesn't, it's not typical gameplay. But once you remove that and you rank these teams in the last month, the best team in the NFL, the Minnesota Vikings. And it's not even all that close, to be honest with you. This is a team that has done outstanding in the last month. And we saw it, quite frankly, Minnesota, and Jonas knows this being such an expert with the Bears, is and, and he really was shining in the first segment, is Minnesota's had a horrible run against the Bears in Chicago. Kirk Cousins, as everyone heard, 0 for 9 straight up and against the spread, entering the game on Monday Night Football. But somehow this team is playing so well, they overcame that. Jonas, if you hadn't heard the math on it, and if I would have said, where do you rank Minnesota in the last month? What's your eye test say? Uh, my eye test would be they're obviously vastly improved. They've been one of the better teams, but that still is a little bit surprising that they're the best team. And then to your point, you talk about the close loss they had to Seattle, a game they probably should have won. You can also go to the game against the Tennessee Titans. It looked like they had that game in the bag, and it was Steven Goskowski making a kick at the end and Tennessee getting the win. So this really is a 4-5 and five football team who – probably should be six and three if we're really being fair about what we're watching so maybe the ranking that you guys discovered there and and have figured out makes a lot more sense if you just look overall their season in totality the next question is and that's Jonas Stonks we're straight out of Vegas the next question is what has changed is this just randomness well no remember Minnesota lost it was an exodus in a way of defensive backs and some key guys And then they drafted a guy in the first round as a cornerback and a guy in the third round as a cornerback. And they had some veterans. And you know what? They've been injured with their cornerbacks, unlike any team, quite frankly, in the NFL. And somehow still, and remember, there was that second game against the Packers when they were banged up Minnesota like crazy with the DBs and still handled Aaron Rodgers. So I tell you, I've said it, this is mathematically the case, is Zimmer, from the day he started coaching, has the best against the spread record of any team in the NFL, of any coach in the NFL, and Belichick is second. So whenever there's a list that Belichick is second and you're first, that's a mighty good list to be on. (laughs) And I would make the case what we're seeing out of him coaching this defense is the best coaching job I've seen from him. Imagine this guy was the D.C. with the Bengals. And, I mean, you know, he got away from there, and he's an all-timer at this point, in my opinion, and at least against the spread. And also, I think Justin Jefferson, a guy that was obviously a young receiver, a rookie, and he's emerged. And he had 135 yards yesterday against the Bears, eight receptions. And Thielen only had four, but two touchdowns in those games. And we all know Dalvin Cook has been running great. Not so great against his Bears D, 30 carries, 96 yards. Net-net, though, 
a victory for Minnesota. They're in the playoff hunt officially. In fact, if you look at their odds, Minnesota's odds right now to make the playoffs better than one in three. 36% chance. Wow. So, Jonas, we're going to go to some other teams in the NFL last month that are surprisingly good or bad. Any closing thoughts on Minnesota? Yeah, I just think this also could be a product of Kevin Stefanski was the longtime offensive coordinator there. He left. Maybe it took a little time for them to get used to, you know, either a, a new system or incorporating uh, Jefferson, who's a rookie, with uh, Stefan Diggs out there. So it feels like they've started to figure something out. And to your point, the defense has played better and the defense really struggled a year ago and a lot Kirk Cousins if you actually look back had a pretty good year a year ago but it was the defense that oftentimes would let him down in Minnesota in the last month the Minnesota defense third best in the NFL and they have the best offense in the NFL so I'm going to continue down reading the good teams in the last month number two behind Minnesota Kansas City makes a ton of sense number three the LA Rams And this is a team, as we talked about yesterday, and if you missed it, I put the video up, a little two-minute best of about the Rams' defense. They are number one against the pass in the last month, number one against the run. That is strong. And if you actually think about it, if you look at the other two teams in the top three against the pass and the other two teams in the top three against the run, none of them on the other thing are better than 14. So you got Rams one and one. Wow. And then if you look at the other quality teams against the pass, they're not good against the run and vice versa. The Saints are the best are number two and one and 14 against the run, number two against the pass. So it really is a situation where the Rams, not they don't have a good defense. In the last month, they've had the best defense, and it's not even really close. Okay, that's at RJ in Vegas if you want to watch that video. Next up, Pittsburgh. Makes a ton of sense. The Saints makes a ton of sense. So whenever you have a list and they mostly make sense, those are the best lists. Because if you get a list that says crazy stuff, like what? You know, Kansas City's number 29. You got to question the premise of it, right? The, the methodology. But when you have a list of the best teams with Saints, Pittsburgh, Rams, and KC on it, now you take the fact that Minnesota is good And you take the fact that the next team, the Atlanta Falcons, the Atlanta Falcons, Jonas, the sixth best (laughs) team in football since Raheem Morris took over. What does your fan perspective tell you? Uh, They've obviously gotten better. I just think that they dug themselves too much of a hole. And I'm curious to see what the, the playoff chances are for Atlanta, because like Minnesota, they've got winnable games down the stretch, but I just wonder if they took they've dug themselves such a hole that it's that this is going to be all for naught, and maybe they're still going to make major changes after the season. But yeah, yeah. I, I think more is the fact that – now, it's kind of funny because you could make the case on one hand that the one game they did lose, or 3-1 during those four games, was a game that they were like over 99% to win. It was the obviously the Gurley went into the end zone game against the Lions, and – Everyone said, Gurley shouldn't have went in. He was told not to. It's like, wait a second. You could have knelt on the ball twice and kicked a (laughs) 27-yard field goal. Why is he running the ball at all? So on one hand, that's an indictment of Morris, the coach for the Falcons. But on the other hand, they could be 4-0. 
Yeah, no, and, and that's and that's the other thing. You also look the the game against the Bears. That's another one that they probably should have won. That they completely gave away. Uh, you know, the the uh, game against the Cowboys in you know the most mesmerizing onside kick in the history of football. That's another <laughs> game they gave away. Yeah. I just you you look you look back at this season. I just wonder if Dan Quinn is thinking to himself, man, if I could have had just one or two of those go my way. But you know, it's like the uh, yeah, Al Pacino you, line, game of inches. You know? Yes, but. You you got to give Moore's credit. The team's playing they on are. defense with a different vigor. Yeah, 100%. All right, totally I'm RJ agree. Bell. We're straight out of Vegas. Continuing down the list. By the way, we talked about the Rams having such a good D. This is something I'll be talking about. I'm going to tease it the next couple of days. Is in the last six games, the LA Rams in the third quarter have yielded their defense. Third quarter, zero points. Six straight scoreless third quarters. Talk about... You know, they talk about how good McVay is as a coach. As Jonas said earlier, adjustments happen at halftime pretty strong. Six, I mean, that's like a game and a half of shutout football yeah. in the third quarter when the other team's trying to adjust, too. Yeah, no, that's – and also, this is – remember, this is – they got a lot of criticism because they walked away from Wade Phillips. Wade Phillips, longtime successful D coordinator, and Sean McVay made the decision to part ways with Wade Phillips in the offseason, and a lot of people were critical because he's had such a, a great success rate in the NFL at, at all places, but this defense has looked awesome. And when you have Ramsey and Donald, who are at their positions the best in the league, and Aaron Donald might be the best player, period, in football, Ball. Uh, and I think we've probably talked about this to where the gap between the second b- uh, best uh, defensive tackle in the NFL, that gap from first to second is a bigger gap than any other position in the NFL. So when you have those two guys and you can start a building around them and build those two pieces on the back end and the front, uh, they've been fantastic. I agree. Now, here's the challenge for the Rams. They are thin. They are top heavy salary wise. Yeah. And they've had a big injury last week. It was a great win for them. But Whitworth, their left tackle, who was voted or not even voted, when you actually looked at expected points added, which they actually do for tackles, they do for every player, is he was the number one tackle in football and literally almost on cue goes down. Looks like, I think for the season, we don't want to speculate that is going to be a big loss. But again, maybe it offers us an opportunity because if the Rams D is as good as they are, and they are, they've been, and the offense is hasn't been great, and now you lose a key cog, and people don't overthink left tackles, there might be a real opportunity with some unders with the Rams who have gone under actually six straight games. Now, they did get some good news on Andrew Whitworth because oh. it was so they they are hopeful that he can return in 6 to 8 weeks because it mm. wasn't an ACL, it was the MCL PCL tear, but you know, the look at they were thrilled that it was not the ACL because it looked worse than it ended up being. So their thought is, you know, they get to the playoffs, yep. maybe he'll be available for for the first game of the playoffs. And it just on a personal level, you know, always good news if a, especially as a guy gets older, sometimes oh, yeah. that one injury can not only end a career, but it can cause there to be less less quality of life. And yeah. I mean, these are gladiators, and they, they they get well compensated for it. But obviously, the the less that they have to pay the price later, the better. Just I think for humanity. So Agreed. let's do this. We'll talk about who is the best team perceived to be an elite team that's ranked the lowest in the last month. 
Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. He's the voice of Vegas, RJ Bell. We're going over the best NFL teams in the last month by EPA, removing garbage time in the top six. Surprises Minnesota one, Atlanta number six. Now I'm going to read some teams that don't surprise that they're highly ranked. Seven, Green Bay, Tampa Bay, Buffalo. Then next, Miami. So good, but not great for Miami, who's getting a lot of attention. Then next, the Chargers. This is a team not winning games, but playing mighty good on a per-play basis. They are playing mighty good. And then you look at the Las Vegas Raiders, a team, shockingly, you look at their wins against the Saints and against Kansas City. Are there really two better wins than that for a team that's not considered elite? And then surprises continue. Washington, 13 who thinks they're 13, but that's what they've been recently. 14 Philly, better than people might think. And then a team people seem to love, but I don't. The Colts, number 15. And right after that, the Giants. So now you're thinking, okay, but Arizona's next. So Arizona, who's getting a lot of attention, maybe Murray's the MVP. Well, not on a per-play basis. They are below average. And then we drop all the way down to number, and this is number 24, the 24th best team in the last month, the Seattle Seahawks. Hmm. I know some <laughs> Russell fans won't like that, but again, Matt doesn't lie. Yeah, statistics can, but Matt doesn't. And the simple process we've used here is EPA, which is expected points added. It's a stat that the analytics people love. It's probably their favorite stat. You remove garbage time. What's garbage time? Anytime a team has less than a 10% chance to win or better than a 90% chance. The game's over effectively. Don't worry about those plays. Otherwise, how good has the team's been? Seattle, number 24. And oh, by the way, number one, Minnesota. When we come back, we'll shift to the NBA. And we know about the talk of the Nets. I want to play some sound from Colin Cowherd. He asked a question I wish he would have asked years and years ago. That's coming up next. He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Right out of Vegas! Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. I'm RJ Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. So, RJ, the NBA is buzzing. We've got deals being made by several teams around the league. And one reported deal was the James Harden deal that and the offer from the Houston Rockets for a $50 million a year extension. Instead, he turned that down. And the thought out there is that he wants to play for a contender and he wants to go somewhere like Brooklyn to play for the Nets with Kyrie and Kevin Durant. You know, imagine being in a position, Jonas, that they say, hey, uh, <laughs> we know we've paid you 300 mil so far, uh, you know, about a third of a billion, but we want to hit, hit you with another 50 or so in three years, you know, not this year, not next year, but as you're getting older and start probably dropping off, we want to make you the first $50 million man. And he's like, thanks for thinking of me. I'll let you know. I mean, that'd be nice, John. I mean, let's be candid. Let's I'm into be, it. Yeah. And I mean, again, Harden, the rumor, we'll say rumors are he likes the nightlife. So um, 
you know, I think the rumor is, if it's not an actual fact, is uh, that like the, you know, a a number of exotic dancers uh, have, you know, let's say are fans. (laughs) Well, I've I've heard that he at a a club in in Houston, Houston, I think it's Houston. I think this was Nick Wright of Fox Sports One who said that there's uh, James Harden has a picture and an autograph up, almost like raising a banner after you won a championship. (laughs) They've, They've got that up there at the club in Houston. I've never been there, uh, but but apparently that's up there. So. Well, now we go. Yeah, we go from Houston, and we're looking at drama in Brooklyn. And yeah, yeah. and the fact is, I think this is such a story. It's such a story about personal gratification versus team gratification or team success. Personal success team success because by by no one's mm, thought could you say that the Nets with Harden wouldn't be one of the favorites we can debate would they be the favorite I personally think they might be right I don't think it'd be crazy but they certainly the Nets with Harden Kyrie and Durant maybe possibly would have the best player in the NBA because as much as people are going to say LeBron and I agree, there were a lot of people pre-injury. And again, there's a question about Durant, but a lot of people pre-injury that said Durant's the best player in the NBA, right or wrong. That's yeah. that, that was a common belief. So maybe they'd have the best player. And I think it's fair to say that there isn't a team that would be even close. And maybe the Lakers, let's call it the Lakers, that, that who's the best second player if that's hard. Right, so it's Harden versus AD. Uh, I give it to Harden, but it's a close call. Now I would rather have AD because he's younger, but for the next year, Harden. And then finally, who would have the third best player? And I think Kyrie would be clearly the third best. So when you're a team that could have the best player, the best number two, and the best number three, you're going to be amongst the favorites. I think you agree with that, correct? Yeah, no, 100%. And and look, for all the talk about James Harden and, and some people criticize, well, he's just a scorer. All right, well, he just happens to be, you know, one of the greatest scorers in the history of the sport. And last I checked, scoring the basketball <laughs> was, pretty, was pretty important. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, I just, it's the oh. mix. It's it's the mix of those personalities. You just wonder how's that going to look? How's What's going to happen? Because, you know, it clearly hasn't worked with James Harden and other superstars. Now, we got Chris Broussard, NBA expert, follows us right here in FSR talking about, and I think it's interesting how it's a question for Kyrie and how it's personal and not about the team. Let's listen. People around the league are saying Durant wants Harden and Kyrie does not. Oh boy. Harden would likely have the ball in his hands, right? Here's another thing for Kyrie to think about. Who is James Harden close with in the organization in Brooklyn? Mike D'Antoni, who was just hired as a coach for the Brooklyn Nets to assist Steve Nash. D'Antoni said James Harden is the best offensive player he's ever seen. Who you think he's giving the ball to in Brooklyn if they get James Harden? It's Harden. I don't see Kyrie wanting to be the third best player on a team. He has, he's never been the third best player on the team. So it's all about Kyrie personally, in this case, versus the team. Let's quickly listen to Colin Cowherd asking a key question. Let's listen. 
LeBron created player empowerment. I've always defended players who are mobile. You and I in our careers have been mobile. I think I'd be a hypocrite. But I do wonder, in the last two years, if this deal went through, Kevin Durant, Harden, Kyrie choose New York, AD, LeBron, Kawhi, Paul, George choose Los Angeles. It feels very coastal. There are not a lot of stars if this goes through in the middle of the country. Is this good for the league? Colin, why didn't you ask that question five years ago or ten years ago? Because when LeBron starts it, when LeBron, we can call it empowerment, we can name it anything we want, but when he starts jumping from team to team based on who's got good players, who he can bring with them, who else, what's the other players going to do other than retaliate and do the same thing? So if you don't like it, then you should, it shouldn't have started. But you know what? It started, and I don't think it's going to stop, Jonas. We are straight out of Vegas, back tomorrow, 6 p.m. Eastern time, right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! 